After five tumultuous years, Rick Smith hangs up his badge today as Kansas City's top cop. Before he heads out the door, he swings by Week in Review. It's an exit interview you won't want to miss. Plus, a new homicide wave is putting pressure on the mayor. Quinton Lucas joins us to talk crime, stadiums, and the future of the plaza. Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of AARP Kansas City, RSM, Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlise Gorley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A. co-trustees, and by viewers like you. Thank you. Hello, I'm Nick Haynes, and welcome to this Newsmaker edition of Week in Review. And there is there a bigger local newsmaker this week, more than my first guest? These are scenes from five years ago in Kansas City when Rick Smith was being sworn in as chief of police. Now he's exiting police headquarters for the last time. We've interrupted him as he packs up his boxes and gets ready to hang up his badge as Kansas City's top cop. It's going to be kind of an emotional time for you, uh, Rick Smith. Can you sum up in a word what uh, this week has been like as you're finally exiting police headquarters for that last time? Strange. Strange? Yeah, I would say so. After being here 34 years, you know, it's, uh, it's very strange thinking about not walking into work or coming to police headquarters or one of the division stations. Just, it's been uh, a little strange. I mean, not that I'm not ready or and not that it's not good timing. It's just a little different. No, there was a time not so long ago, it seemed like every single day there was somebody on the street somewhere in Kansas City with a megaphone saying, you have to resign, Rick Smith. Um, was there a point in, at any point that you said, you know, Perhaps I, I am going to call it quits. I don't need the grief of this. Um, you know, I wanted what was best for the department, and I would always communicate with the board and talk about, hey, what is best for this department? I'm sure there was discussions along those lines. Did I want to resign based on what I was hearing and what I thought the narrative was? I don't think that was the case. Um, I think that this police department has done many of the things that people had asked for well way before they were asked for. Social workers and officers getting de-escalation training, numerous other things that our department, I thought, had done right from the very beginning. But you were under incredible pressure. What about your family? Did you, even your children say, oh, your wife, that, oh, come on, Rick, that, that just, just retire now. Sure. I, I, there was discussions in the family level as well about what is best. And, and you know, I, I would say, Nick, that in all of this, that when, when there are challenging times, I don't know that's always the perfect time to change leadership. I, I think that if someone can can steady the ship, get it through the crisis, get out on the other side, um, that's a good time for a change. So it, in this particular, looking at all the circumstances, I think that was the goal, and I'm happy to be where I'm at today. Lots has been written about you, of course. What, what do you look back on today as your biggest accomplishment in these last five years? Oh, man, um, there's a lot, a lot of accomplishments. Name one. Um, I, you know, I think the department's in a pretty good spot. I, I, we've had our challenges, but we're doing some things that are, are great social workers, uh, technology, um, the foundation that supports us, um, uh, the officers restructuring things to make officers be able to do the work that they need to be able to do, try and take some impact off of our district officers so that they, the, they can do the job they need to do, shift some duties around. I mean, all of that in a whole makes an impact. The, the community ties and the, and the neighborhood support that we have out there for our officers when they go out and do the work, all of that, you know, it's one big situation rather than one little piece here and there, in my opinion. 
you have any regrets over the last five years? I, I don't think I have regrets. I mean, is there anything you would have done differently? Well, of course. I mean, there's all kinds of things you do differently. I mean, I think anyone who's in this position looks back and goes, hey, what could I have done differently? Um, and, and I don't know that I have any one answer to that about, hey, I should have talked to this person or done that. But, you know, overall, were my actions, you know, honorable for the department? I think so. I think I always try to do it with integrity. Um, do I wish some things would have panned out? You know, I, I said May of 2020 would have been a lot different if we didn't have COVID because this department would have been having meetings and things like that. And there was restrictions and, and even more challenges to getting back to what we normally do. This is you back in 2017 being sworn in on your first day as police chief. I really look forward to being the chief, and I really look forward to making this department great. Minutes after Major Rick Smith became chief of Kansas City Police, he let us in on his first priority. If I have one goal is to get Kansas City off the 10 most violent crime list, that would be the goal. I know it's a lofty goal. I know it's a big goal. It was a big goal. CBS recently named Kansas City the eighth most deadliest city in America. We record the highest number of homicides in Kansas City history in 2020. Last year, the second highest in history. Why, in your judgment, has it been so terribly difficult to get homicides below 100 in Kansas City? I, I think, that, again, there's many things that happen here. I don't think this is just a crime issue. There's social issues. There's other issues that come into play when we're talking about crime. Um, I, and I don't know, you know, we have a great ability availability to firearms in, in the state of Missouri. I think we have a lot of people who aren't emotionally stable around that and that responsibility. I think that that causes some some problems about mixing those two together. Um, and, and I don't know what the answer is to that. I think I can identify some of that. Um, but I don't know how policing could have made a big dent in that, um, given the parameters we have today. I see New York City, for instance, just reporting a 15.8% drop in homicides compared to March of 2021. Chicago reporting the number of people killed in shootings down 11% there, even though they say they actually have the lowest number of police officers in Chicago in more than half a century. What are they doing differently there than we're doing here? I don't know. I, I, I've been at meetings with both the departments and, and I've heard from different sides, from different people in those departments. I think they're doing much the same things we did. And, and Nick, last year uh, we had a 12% reduction in homicides and a 21% uh, reduction in our non-fatal shootings. This year we're, we're starting to trend back up, which is concerning to me and concerning should be concerning to everyone in Kansas City. So, um, we have, you know, some places in, in processes in place like shoot review and our crime meetings and our, our working with um, our federal partners and our prosecutor partners and all of those people to try and work on these issues. We know that there are 200, more than 200 fewer officers today on Kansas City streets than when you started. And this week, the Kansas City Board of Police Commissioners shocks many people in Kansas City by saying, OK, we're actually going to drop all of these residency requirements. You can now live in Kansas if you're a Kansas City, uh, Missouri police officer. In fact, over th you know, up to 30 miles inside of the uh, Kansas line. Uh, is that been the stumbling block for you getting more police officers because people couldn't live in Leewood or Lenexa? I don't know if it's... I, what I said to the board is we need to have every option available that we can get. That was my, my take on this. Um, I, as I mentioned, the state of Tennessee is passing a bill that gets rid of all residency 
restrictions, that Philadelphia, who has long history of residency requirement, is waiving all of those to get people for uh, police officers and prison guards. So other people are looking at the exact same issue we are, and that is they want to have a complete pool that they can draw from because of the challenges. When you applied even to be the, the chief of police back in 2017, you said you've always wanted to be a police officer since you were five years old. Would you tell your children or grandchildren that they should pursue this career? I would tell them to do what they want to do, Nick. But if one of them came to me and said, I'm interested in policing, yes, I would talk to him about it. Absolutely. It's been a great career and a great career for, for my family, and, and uh, I, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. I've, I've loved being a cop. I've loved being the chief of police. A search is now underway for a new police chief in Kansas City, Missouri, and it could be a year-long process. What advice would you have for a new police chief? Oh, um... There's a lot to go on in that. Um, listen, communicate. Um, you know, I, I think you want to be available. I think you want to, most of all, support the men and women that you're leading. I think that makes a big difference. I think in this, in all of this controversy that's happened in the country, we've seen some police leaders who have not been supportive, and and that's hurt morale of their departments, their departments have left, people have left in waves, and I'm not so sure that's where we want to be as a society. Um, like I always say, the head of Boeing or the head of Coca-Cola, they champion their companies. I'm going to champion this police department. I'm head of it. And so I believe that's part of the job. So I would say the number one thing is you have to support the entity you're leading. What happens to you now? Are you still? Go are you just retiring from police headquarters in Kansas City, or could you put on a uniform again someplace else? I don't see that happening. You don't. No. You were a candidate one time to be in a, in a more sunny climate in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. That I was. was actually before this job. It was. Um, but I've spent 34 years in law enforcement. I've done a lot, um, but there's a whole world out there. And uh, I'm not saying that I wouldn't entertain something that came up, but right now that's not my plan. Did you invite Mayor Lucas to your retirement party this week? I believe Mayor Lucas will be there, yes. Well, we really appreciate you being on with us on Week in Review and for your service to Kansas City over the last five years. Well, thank you very much, and thanks for having me. Rick Smith, now retired Kansas City Police Chief. Thanks for joining us on Week in Review. Up next, Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas joins us right after this look at the week's other top headlines. For the first time in two years, you no longer have to wear a mask to board a plane at KCI. We've had flight attendants force us to put the mask up and down between every bite and every drink we've taken. Kansas City buses and the streetcar are also dropping masking rules after a federal judge strikes down the requirement. The White House says it'll appeal the decision. A walkout at Northeast Middle School where an eighth grader was stabbed to death in a restroom. Students say they no longer feel safe. Marking Earth Day in our metro and Fountain Day returns. There's no parade and you don't get any time off work, but it's the day when the city's 48 publicly operated fountains spring back to life. Missouri lawmakers advancing a measure that will let voters decide whether transgender athletes should compete in girls' sports. This is the legislation you want to put forward. This is what consumes your time. This isn't about hate. This is about fairness. A parents' Bill of Rights also moving closer to Governor Parsons' desk. It would allow parents to challenge what schools are teaching on issues from race to sexual identity. In Kansas, Governor Kelly has vetoed a similar measure. She also strikes down a transgender sports ban. Lawmakers will try to override Kelly when they return on Monday. A new independence mayor is sworn in, and flags fly at half-staff as funeral services are held for longtime independence councilwoman Karen DeLucci. 
Comedian Jon Stewart in town, this time he's getting serious, urging Congress to approve a bill ensuring health care for veterans exposed to toxins. He was visiting leaders at the VFW headquarters. And is marijuana coming to a ballot box near you soon? A Missouri group says they now have enough signatures to put a constitutional amendment on the ballot this fall. It would legalize all pot and expunge the past convictions of anyone charged with a non-violent marijuana offense. And good luck finding the Royals on TV. Is this the shape of things to come? At least five games now only available via a streaming service. It starts next week. Next Friday's game against the Yankees can only be seen if you are an Apple TV subscriber. And I know a lot of Kansas Cityans are upset about that. Please know that regardless of what the Royals are doing, Week in Review is still going to be here for you for free on your TV set. And I believe so will our next guest, Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas. Are you still going to be available on TV or have you signed this exclusivity deal to bring in more cash to City I, Hall? I have not. I will be on TV free over the air. Fortunate to be here at KCPBS. Well, thank you so much. One of the biggest stories this week was, of course, the police chief, which we just saw, yes. uh, leaving office. And another big story this week was the fact that the Kansas City Board of Police Commissioners, which you are a member, mm -hmm. uh, decided to now allow police officers in Kansas City to now actually live in Kansas, up to 30 miles in Kansas. Mm -hmm. Did you see that coming, or did that come as a big surprise to you? Well, I think it's disappointing. We had a, an extensive debate last summer about this issue. There was actually a debate in the Missouri legislature, where legislators talked about the issue largely resolving that they want officers to stay on the Missouri side. I think what we talked about a year ago was saying how we don't want to be like cities like Minneapolis, where 89% of police officers live outside of city limits, New York City, other places. Looking at the tensions that we've seen in other areas, I don't know why we would adopt those types of ideas. Most cities in our metropolitan area, when we did a check, uh, allow their police officers to live anywhere. That's on the Kansas side. And also in places like Lee Summit, they can live anywhere. Are they worse off in Lee Summit than Leewood than Kansas City? I stand by generations of Republicans, Democrats, police board members, police chiefs, and governors who have said that this requirement makes sense so that we can have better community collaboration between our police and our neighborhoods, particularly our inner city neighborhoods and so many others. This drives a wedge between that. I don't think it'll be a positive for our city. It's certainly not. And I think, frankly, we we need to, if we're trying to attract officers, treat them better, pay them better, and not come up with these types of shenanigans that I don't think will add any more interest in the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department. Well, one complaint was, has been that the police department hasn't been as diverse as it needs to be. Does this provide more uh, diversity? I see that the uh, Dawn Kramer on the Police Board of Commissioners says this opens up a huge new pool of talent. Mm -hmm. You think about Wyandotte County being available, 35,000 black African Americans, 49,000 Hispanics who could now be part of that pool she of officers. She read the entire population. There are 300,000 black people, that's a little more. There are about 200,000 blacks in Kansas City, Missouri, right? If we're going by those numbers, then we should be able to hire more than enough people. We only have about 1,200 officers. I think the board made a mistake in this choice, and, and a reason for that is, I imagine, if I were to bring this up next year and ask Commissioner Kramer, hey, we have almost no officers living in Wyandotte County, which I would suspect we actually may not have that many officers living in Wyandotte after this change. Do you think that she's going to come back and change her mind? This was a decision about some folks that wanted to live primarily in our suburban communities. It has nothing to do, I think, with building a more diverse department. In fact, I think it will lead us to not really try that much harder to do it. The search is on for a brand new police chief uh, right now. And we see, for instance, a coalition of black clergy and civil rights groups who have made it clear that Kansas City's next top cop should, quote, come from out of state. And that includes Kansas, by the way. Every <laughs> resume, they say, from within the current department needs to be rejected. Is that a requirement for you? 
No, no, it's not a requirement for me. I think we need to find the best chief who will be creative, who will have strong, important community collaborations and connections. The job of the police chief isn't necessarily just to talk to their members on the department, although that's very important, and it's not just to go into neighborhoods of Kansas City that support police the most. This is a tough job. You talk in tough conversations in every part of the community, and you make sure that you're a known presence in terms of helping to calm down issues, knowing that you are listening to the community, and that's what I'm looking for. Folks with that level of experience who will have that opportunity to say to different stakeholder groups in Kansas City, because all of them are important. I'm here to listen to you. The police department works for you, and importantly, it cares about your viewpoints and how we can do better each and every day. That's what I think Kansas Cityans want to see. I don't think they necessarily care where the person lives today, but they care about a person who actually at least is looking to change, I think, that sort of connection that we can have with our community. When the last police chief left, Daryl Forte, uh -huh. uh, there were a lot of people with indignation. He was getting a half a million dollar payout as he was leaving the building. Are we in for another surprise payout with uh, Rick Smith? What I will say is I think we've been fair to Chief Smith. We're fair to our rules. There were contracts that were signed long before I was mayor. And so I think that uh, you will not necessarily hear anything crazy or zany, but I'll leave that to the chief to share with you. Well, crime is back on the radar screen again in Kansas City. Here, by the way, is you during your first day of office back in 2019 at your swearing-in ceremony. I don't want to be a city where we have ribbon cuttings about stadiums or big infrastructure, but simply shrug about the violence in our streets, the mental illness we deal with, particularly among the homeless, and the drug addictions that plague our city every day. And this shouldn't really be a goal, but let's just start at this, to get our homicide number consistently below 100 homicides per year. That's something we just have to do. We're closing in on three years ago since you made mm -hmm. those statements, and yet crime, again, continuing to persist. We had four homicides in a 24-hour span, mm -hmm. including the stabbing death of an eighth grader at Northeast uh, Middle School. You campaigned on getting these homicide numbers below triple digits. Why hasn't that happened? I think there are a number of different reasons, but I'm not going to make excuses. I think it's an incredible disappointment when people ask me, what do you think you've done well and what do you think you have not accomplished? I look at our violent crime number as a huge disappointment for myself. I would think for any chief of police and for a board of police commissioners. So frankly, I would have enjoyed having a board meeting this week where we talked about ways to solve violent crime issues, not talked about ways to get people to move out of Kansas City. I think we need to continue to invest, and I try to push it all the time. Right? And we've dealt with big issues. You've talked about them on this show every week. How do we invest in prevention? How do we invest in intervention? How do you invest in the sorts of things where we're reaching a 14-year-old before they're looking to pick up a weapon and to solve disputes in that sort of way? And mental health was a big push for you, as it was in that speech. But yes. we still talk about the same things because over and over again. Is there a new fix? We don't have... We haven't had the money in the past, and part of the reason is because we haven't spent it the right way. We make our exclusive discussion on how we do policing, how we do public safety, on how big the police department budget is and how many people are on the staff. And that is a very important issue. I'm proud of the fact that we're able to give raises to every single Kansas City police officer. But I think an important part of how we do things needs to be that a discussion on how you make this community safer has to have mental health services as a part of it, has to have more conflict resolution, and has to have support of our 
our public school districts, both Kansas City Public and Hickman Mills, have talked to me in the last week about how can we find ways to reach these kids who in too many situations are having problems of the streets, problems with adults that come impact their daily lives. We have not met, I think, the challenge that we have there. Part of that is because we have two years of budgets that were completely junked, and I think we need to make sure that we continue to push on that. But there's a reason I said 100 three years ago. Because in too many situations for generations in Kansas City, and you've been covering it, everybody's kind of said it's a great place, and we end up, if not forgetting about the homicides, we marginalize it as an issue. I'm proud of the fact that we are not marginalizing it. I'm not proud of our outcome and our results, but I hope that in our police chief discussion and our future budget discussions, we have real conversations about how we make this community better rather than just politics of slogans, right? We spent the last two years talking about back the blue, defund, all this stuff that hasn't made a lick of difference on the quality of life of Kansas Cityans in our toughest neighborhoods. That's where our focus needs to be, and I hope a shift at the leadership of the department allows us to go to that direction. Let's shift to another issue on a scale of 1 to 10 where 1 is I have never given it a second thought and 10 being I cannot sleep at night. How worried are you that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to move over to Kansas? The Kansas City Chiefs will not move to the state of Kansas. The Kansas City Chiefs have strong relationships with my office, with the office of the governor of Missouri and others. I think it was a kind of offhand remark that says people call us. Well, people call people all the time. People, CNN may call you every day and say we want you to take over the 5 o'clock hour. I, I do not think that it is a serious threat. That being said, I think we do need to have an important conversation about the future of Arrowhead Stadium, the Truman Sports Complex, and I know the Royals want downtown baseball. Governor Kelly, though, is intent on this. She has, is licking her chops. In fact, she said, quipped, in fact, that uh, she has Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, on speed dial. Have you spoken uh, to Governor Kelly since then? Even somewhat more humorously, she said she had Lamar Hunt on speed dial. Okay. A true joke, because he's no longer with us. Uh, and I think, actually, Dave <laughs> Helling made a great point about that. I, I, am, I have talked, actually, to Governor Kelly. I have great respect for her. As you know, I'm a fan. Uh, however, I do not think in any way that the Chiefs will be relocating. I think we'll have a good conversation about the future of that team and, of course, the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City, Missouri. I expect 15 years from now, both teams will still be playing in Kansas City, perhaps, however, in different spaces. But you did mention then the downtown ballpark back in 2019. You said, we need a downtown ballpark <laughs> stadium like I need a new, quote, Maserati. Do you still feel that way? And what did I say after that? It'd be great to have, but I can't afford it. And so I think what I was saying then and what I still believe today, the taxpayers can't be asked alone to fund a new stadium. I think if you're looking at a downtown ballpark, it may be up to a billion dollars. If you have the Chiefs on to it, a billion dollars as well. Two billion dollars just from taxpayer funds on stadiums I don't think would be a responsible spend. And, and with respect, I have not heard the Kansas City Royals or the Kansas City Chiefs say that. I do think, however, yeah, we need to have a conversation about the future of our facilities. That's something we always do. That does not mean that we're going back on any types of promises. I, I, I have stuck to the view of we will be responsible, we'll be responsible with both teams, and we'll try to make sure that it makes sense for the people of Kansas City. Have you been involved in any conversations with other broader metropolitan leaders in this area about a bi-state tax to fund the sports stadium? Well, you know, I get to talk to my uh, peers in Kansas and around the Missouri suburbs all the time, including my friend Ed Eilert, who I know was part of that conversation.
conversation in uh, a past position. I, we have not talked about a new bi-state tax. I think a bi-state would actually be a very reasonable way to fund it. However, I will say this. I'm not interested in a bi-state that moves either team out of Kansas City, Missouri. I think they are both teams. The Royals are here because of the intervention of a Missouri senator. Chiefs largely here because of a former Kansas City mayor, Missouri mayor in H. Rowe Bartle. I, I look forward to both teams remaining here, but I would love to have a bi-state conversation because I think they are true regional assets and enhancements for everybody who lives here in Kansas and Missouri. What on earth is happening to the Country Club Plaza has been another big headline mm -hmm. over the last uh, few weeks. Nordstrom decided not to come. Big hole on the plaza. What are we going to do with it? Have you been on speed dial with the CEOs of uh, Target and the CEO of Dillard's, perhaps even of Bloomingdale's, trying to lure it, a big tenant into the plaza? Or are you sort of disengaged in that? I'm not disengaged. I've talked to a number of people. Usually the lawyers catch me before I get a chance to talk to anybody else who's making real promises. What I will say is this. I think it is concerning to have a big, giant, empty hole on the plaza right now. I think it's concerning right now to have closed storefronts, of which we have more than we would like. I know the last several years have been difficult for the city, for businesses, and others. But I do hope that we come up with a plan that gets tenants back in, particularly locally owned businesses. I hope that we get more cultural offerings that are coming to the plaza. And I do think the density around the plaza is an important part of the future. That does not mean that we are in any way messing with the historic structures there. But I do think it's very important for us to look at the plaza for the 21st century, not just to look back at what it has been in the past. But you have upset some people, including those in the historic preservation community. They want to demolish a church on the plaza, sure. put up a nine-story retail and condo mixed building there, very modern-looking. And, and you've said you would approve of changing the height requirements on the plaza to allow that development to happen. Are there any limits on what you would approve to go on the plaza? Oh, so here's the story. No, I have not said that I would approve it. What I've said was I appreciate new developers, new investors coming into the Country Club Plaza. We, we can't actually just create this high barrier to entry anytime somebody new wants to develop something in Kansas City. I have not announced my support for any type of arrangement, but what I do want and what I think any mayor should want is people actually interested in the plaza. In the same way that Kansas developers are calling the chiefs about moving over, I'm glad that people are saying, I want to build things on the plaza. Getting them to conform to what I think Kansas City wants and needs long term is an important part of that discussion. And I think what we need to do instead of saying, ah, you're awful, don't talk to us, we've got a plan which includes right now, it appears, 20 empty storefronts. Instead, what we need to do is say, look, We'll work with you. How can we make sure more people are investing in the plaza long term? You know, when we do this program every week with our newsmaker, uh, our reporter guests, we ask them the big local story we missed. What was the big local story we missed on the topics we've gone through? You know, I think one of the big local stories for us is going to be our ongoing investment in mental health. We actually talked about it a little bit, but I think you are seeing challenges from drug abuse and addiction leading to homelessness in our city in a lot of places. Our investments through our own health department already, trying to collaborate with Children's Mercy Hospital as well to make sure that we're enhancing mental health awareness and treatment for our young people. I think that will be a big issue, particularly as we talk about public safety, suicide, so many other issues long term. It's an issue I'm committed to making sure that we help solve. Mayor Quinn to Lucas, thank you so much for being with us. Next week, our reporters return. Until then, I'm Nick Haynes from all of us here at Kansas City PBS. Be well, keep calm, and carry on.